Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. Welcome to Season 2 of Coffee with Carrie podcast. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think you'll be encouraged. I'm so glad you're joining me for this week's coffee break. I hope you're ready to dig into God's Word. With the craziness going on in our nation the past few weeks, I found myself spending more and more time in God's Word. It's really one of the only places where I can find some peace and absolute truth and nuggets of much-needed hope. I figured if I'm feeling this way, there's a really good chance there are a few of you out there feeling the same way too. And I'm also missing my coffee dates with friends and my Bible study buddies. So I thought during our little coffee break this week, I would share some encouragement from God's Word as we study the book of Ruth together. Friends, before we can learn anything from Ruth, we can learn from her powerhouse mother-in-law, Naomi, first. Y'all, Naomi was fierce. I mean, my mother-in-law is fierce, but Naomi is off the charts. And when we really dig into it, Naomi is the reason Ruth became the woman she was. The book of Ruth, in many ways, is really a story about a woman named Naomi. When we get into the book of Ruth, most of us tend to focus on Ruth, you know, because the book's named after her. And the book of Ruth is one of my favorites, and I've read it and studied it many, many times. It's short, and it's relatable on so many levels. And each time I read the book of Ruth, I come away with some nugget of truth that I can apply to my life, or my marriage, or my parenting, my struggles, my relationships, or my faith. But I always focus on Ruth. But I don't know, maybe it's because I'm older now, and I'm in a new season of life, or maybe because our world today is steeped in evil and seems very similar to the time period of Ruth, or maybe it was just the Holy Spirit pointing me in a new direction. But as I was reading the book of Ruth this month, I got stuck on Naomi. I never really noticed before, but this book is just as much about Naomi as it is about Ruth. So this time, as I studied the book of Ruth, I focused more on Naomi, her plight, her faith, her disappointments, her actions, and her choices. I know many of us were counting down the days till 2020 would end and 2021 would begin. We were hoping and praying that when the new year hit, it would be a fresh start. We could kiss all the madness of 2020 away. Well, the first week of January 2021 didn't seem all that much better. COVID cases are rising. Political tensions are higher than ever. Division and hatred seem to be getting worse instead of better. And then the second week of January hit and blackouts across the world started happening and rumors of wars and martial law were spreading and free speech has been limited more than ever and even eliminated completely for some online. I must admit, my hopes of a new beginning and a fresh start in 2021 began to slowly fade away. And this is why I opened up the book of Ruth. 
I thought if there were ever two women who needed a fresh start and a new beginning, it was Naomi and Ruth. Friends, I refuse to let fear take over my life and my thoughts. I refuse to let the evil of this world strip me of my hope I have in Jesus. And I refuse to give up on God's promises of hope, new life, and second chances. I'm praying that 2021 is a year of do-overs, that it will be a year of second chances, a year of new beginnings and fresh starts. Like Naomi, we need to see our circumstances for what they are, to move in a new direction, and then trust God Almighty with the rest. So in this week's podcast, let's turn to the book of Ruth and learn from Naomi on new beginnings. But let me paint you a little picture first. Now, of course, this is Carrie paraphrase, not the NIV translation, but here goes. So we have this woman whose family is struggling to survive due to food shortages and lack of money. She's asked by her hubby to pick up and move her entire family to a new city. And not just any city, but a city knee deep in immorality, idolatry, and sin. And not only that, but she knows her new neighbors are her nation's enemies. There's not one thing she believes in and not one value she possesses that her new neighbors will agree with. She knows from the get-go she will be lonely and isolated. And as soon as she and her husband and their two sons settle into this new city, her life starts to go downhill. Her hubby dies, and so she ends up raising her two sons by herself. She's a single mom now, raising and providing for her family. When she left her hometown, I'm sure this is not quite the future she had envisioned. Then her sons go and marry two Moabite women. Not only was this against God's law at the time, but would probably make for some hard conversations and hard choices for her sons. Eventually, before her two sons can start a family of their own, they die too. So now it's just Naomi and her two daughters-in-law. She's older now. So she isn't looking to get married again, and having more children is definitely out of the question. And as a widow, she knows she's at the mercy of her community to help her survive. I'm sure she was feeling worthless, scared, depressed, confused, and worried about what was going to happen to her and what she should do next. This is where the book of Ruth begins. Naomi was in a pickle before moving to Moab. Now she's in dire straits and wondering why this is happening to her. I'm sure right about now, she's really wanting a new beginning and a fresh start. So what are some lessons about new beginnings and fresh starts that we can learn from Naomi? Well, lesson one, it's never too late to turn things around and get back into God's will for your life. Naomi took a good, hard, honest look at her life in Moab and realized things had to change. It doesn't say in the text, but she's probably realizing in Ruth chapter 1 that perhaps her husband's choice to move during the famine was not only a bad idea, but probably not in God's will for her family. In Scripture, we do see God commanding Abraham and Mary and Joseph and a few others to move from the promised land to be sojourners in a foreign land for a while. But in Naomi's case, we aren't told in Scripture if Naomi's husband was given the same directions from God. There's a really good chance 
Her husband saw how awful it was in Bethlehem and was scared. He was probably worried about providing for his family during this famine. In the middle of a famine and crisis, his choice was to seek safety somewhere else. He chose to put his faith and hope not in God, but in the land of his people's enemies. Instead of waiting on the Lord to provide exactly what they needed when they needed it, it looks like he may have taken matters into his own hands. In chapter 1, Naomi makes the wise, bold, and scary decision to move back home to Bethlehem, to move back into a community with fellow believers in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to move back to the promised land where her family and true friends were. In Moab, she was a foreigner. She had two Moabite daughter-in-laws, but Moabite was no Israel. Moabites, in a way, were relatives of the Hebrews. The country of Moab began with the incestuous relationship between Lot, who was Abraham's nephew, and Lot's eldest daughter. And throughout Israel's history, the country of Moab oppressed, subdued, and harassed the Israelites. They didn't worship Naomi's God, the God of the Bible, either. They worshipped false gods, and their worship included human sacrifice and child sacrifice, just to name a few. Naomi longed to be back where she knew she belonged. Being in Moab wasn't good for her, and it certainly hadn't been good for her family. Now remember, Naomi is a widow with no male heir to protect her or provide for her. So this was a tough and hard decision, but she knew she needed to get back into God's will for her life. Sometimes we just need to get out of Dodge, or in this case, out of Moab. Mamas, what famine in your life has caused you to seek help outside of God's will? Whatever the famine was, I don't know, maybe it was a financial loss, or a loss of a relationship, or lack of hope, or educational needs not being met, or being on the verge of a breakdown, Whatever the famine was or still is for you, it's never too late for us to admit that we went our way instead of God's way. And it's never too late to ask God for forgiveness for not trusting in His ways and His timing. And it's never too late to seek God's will for your life. And it's never too late to get out of Moab. In James 1, verse 5, James gently reminds us, If you need wisdom, Ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. We need to lay down our pride. We need to lay down our guilt. We need to humbly ask God for what He wants us to do now at this time in January 2021 and how He wants us to get out of Moab. Some of you may be in a Moab not by your choices, but because of someone else's choices. That was certainly Naomi. She moved because of her husband's desire to move. But don't play the blame game. If this is you, just rely now on God to get you back on track and onto his path for you and your family. Sometimes the reason we're in our own Moab is not because of one big bad decision, but because of a series of compromises we may have made. Maybe it was a friendship we knew in our gut was not good for our child, but we allowed it anyway. It could be that we continued to attend our home church, even though each week the Holy Spirit was whispering in our ear, this is not truth, this is not holy, this is not righteous. But we stayed 
because the pastor was well known or many of our friends attended the church or it had been our church family for many years. Our Moab could be an activity we joined because it fulfilled our teens' passions, but even after getting to know the other kids and their parents and overhearing conversations that were filled with ungodly wisdom or values that we know were diametrically opposed to God's word, we remained in the group or activity anyway. Especially this past year, I know my eyes and your eyes have been open to certain acquaintances in our homeschooling or church circles, to co-workers or clients, to friends in our inner circles, and even members in our extended family who have been blinded, who just can't see the truth, who are believing the lies of the enemy hook, line, and sinker, or who have made huge compromises with the world. You know God is calling you to leave that Moab and to return home, to return to his people, his remnant, his word, and his truth. Okay, so Naomi bravely steps out in faith with her decision to start over and to move back home to her people, you know, to get out of Moab. So what does she do next? Well, she puts the needs of her daughter-in-laws before her own needs. Come on, y'all. You know this had to be hard for her. Remember, she's much older in age than they are. She's a widow. She's probably lacking financial funds. From the sound of their conversation in Ruth 1, it is very obvious that Naomi loved these girls with all of her heart and that they loved Naomi. So what does she do at a pivotal and probably most challenging moment in her life? She thinks of their future and their needs instead of her own. She pleads with them to return to their families and to begin a new life. They were young enough to remarry, to start a family, to have everything they wanted to have with her sons, but didn't get a chance to. Naomi wanted the best for them. She wanted them to be happy. And from the text, we know that good old Naomi was feeling bitter and a bit angry right about now, but she didn't want that for her daughters-in-law. She put them first. Now, in this day and age, we may not realize just how much Naomi was willing to give up by telling Ruth and Orpah that they should stay and not leave with her. What little provisions and protections Naomi might have received by at least living with her daughters-in-laws, she was willing to give it all up so that they could be happy. And what a powerful lesson to learn from her. Sometimes we're called to put the needs of others before our own. As mothers, homeschooling moms, and Christians, we're often called to put our families and their needs before our own. In today's culture, we're constantly being told, put yourself first, you're worth it, or it's all about me. And while it's very important that we do not neglect our personal needs for love, for breaks, for mental health days, and for some much-needed pampering every now and then, God calls us to lay down our lives for others. Jesus reminds us that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Time and time again, when Jesus was exhausted and worn out and in desperate need of solitude, he gave it all up to help those in need or to feed the hungry or to heal the masses before him. He spent many hours teaching his disciples and mentoring his followers. As moms, we instinctively put aside whatever we're working on to help our child. 
We give up that half a sandwich that we have left over or whatever's left in our water bottle to our kiddo who's still hungry. We cancel appointments or our prior commitments when our teen's broken heart needs to be mended. We go to bed late, even though we're dog-tired, to lend a hand or a shoulder to cry on. Sometimes we go without medical insurance because it's just too costly for everyone to be on a plan, so we forego our medical coverage so that the kids can be covered. We may go a few extra months of gray hair so we can use that money to buy some new shoes for our growing boy instead of using that money on a much-needed hair appointment. (laughs) We're constantly on our knees lifting up our children in prayer. We're moms. It's just what we do. And as homeschooling moms, we may give up other things. We may give up a job or sacrifice hours of work and pay so we can stay home and teach our own. We relearn algebra or fractions so we can help our frustrated student. We spend money on curriculum for our kiddos instead of on a few new pair of much-needed jeans for ourselves. We may put on on hold a dream until our kiddos graduate. You're in the trenches. You can probably give me a huge list of things you have done as a mom and as a homeschooling mom that required you to put the needs of your family and children before your own. And as Christians, we need to do this too for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to help them out when tragedy strikes. We need to hold them accountable to living God's way. We need to back them up when they're in trouble. We need to encourage them with God's word when they're discouraged. We need to answer the phone when they call, even though we're exhausted or have nothing left to give. We need to send that handwritten note or shoot a text when God puts them on our heart, even if that adds yet another thing on our to-do list. Naomi reminds us how important it is to put the needs of others before our own. Making a fresh start in 2021 or getting a do-over this year in a relationship might just begin by putting someone else's needs first in our life. We may feel like we're giving up much, but we can't see what God has planned for us when we take that leap of faith. Like Naomi, we may be surprised at what happens when we do. Now, after Naomi tells her daughters-in-law to remain in Moab and to let her go alone, Ruth pleads with her. She pledges her life to Naomi. Ruth promises Naomi that she will go where she goes, live where she lives, and die where she dies. Ruth even proclaims that she will follow, obey, and trust in Naomi's God, our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Holy Toledo! Again, in this day and age, we may not realize just how much Ruth was giving up and just how powerful this pledge and promise was. Ruth was willing to denounce her family's religion and her upbringing to protect Naomi and to follow her God, our God. Ruth was willing to give up the prospect of remarrying and starting a family to be with Naomi and to put her trust in Naomi's God, our God. She was willing to move away from the only home she ever knew to a land of Naomi's people, God's people. Y'all, this is huge. But what really stands out to me is how Ruth got to this point in the first place, which brings me to lesson three. We can learn from Naomi that our faith in God can change the lives of those around us, and our trust in God can point others to Christ. Now, we aren't told in Scripture what their daily life was like in Moab. We're only told where they lived and who died and when. 
But based on Ruth's commitment and powerful declaration, I think it's safe to say Naomi walked the walk and talked the talk while living in Moab. It's clear by her response, her daughters-in-law must have seen Naomi pray to God and trust God to answer her prayers. They probably saw her worshiping and praising God for answering answered prayers. They probably saw her pleading with God for help and watched Naomi's responses when prayers were answered, but in ways she didn't expect. They watched her reaction when her husband died. They watched how she responded when her sons died. They saw how she relied on God in her time of grief. And Naomi probably encouraged the girls to turn to God as they mourned the loss of their husbands. Naomi must have modeled how to move forward with God, even in the midst of tragedy and trials. She must have lived a life Ruth felt was worthy of emulating. Naomi must have modeled for Ruth a godly life through the good and the bad in order for Ruth to want to devote her entire life to her mother-in-law and her entire life to serving Naomi's God. She must have seen God work in big and small ways while living with Naomi and her family in Moab. Now, it's my hope and prayer that I model this kind of life for my kids, but Lordy, Miss Claudia, I know I failed miserably on many, many occasions. My reactions to the unexpected or to trials or to irritations have not always been very godly, and they certainly haven't been worth emulating. But Naomi reminds us of how powerful our example can be. She reminds us how powerful our words are and our choices are. Naomi reminds us how important it is for our children to see our faith in action. It's one thing to tell them that God is good or that God provides, but when they see us trusting in God during the hard and confusing and scary times, especially like this past year and right now, they begin to believe God is good and that God does provide. Our example, like Naomi, teaches our children how to respond to God's goodness and to life's trials and tribulations. Our example, like Naomi, shows our children that our God is a God worthy of following. So how do you respond to interruptions, bad behavior, irritating choices? How do you respond to changes, adversity, and disappointments? Lord knows we have all had our fair share of interruptions, bad behaviors, irritating mandates, change, adversity, and tons of disappointment in 2020. But do you think our reactions have pointed our children to Christ? Do they see us praying instead of venting and complaining? Do we share God's faithfulness and answer prayers with them? Do they hear us praising God for the good and the bad? Do they see us following God's will even when it's hard? What do our kids see? Do they see a crazy, whiny, out-of-control mom, or do they see a Naomi? Well, I'm going to be honest right here and admit, my family probably sees the crazy, whiny, out-of-control mom way more than the godly example of Naomi. And I'm hoping that changes in 2021. Now, once back home, Naomi also took the time to teach Ruth about the values, beliefs, and customs of her people and of her God. She mentored her in the ways of God. She tutored her on how to live a blameless life worthy of God. She helped Ruth have the life she wanted to have back in Moab, a happy life filled with love and children. 
She showed Ruth how to be a Proverbs 31 woman and how to be a woman after God's own heart. If we need a fresh start or want 2021 to be a new beginning for us and our families, let's start by remembering our faith in God can change the lives of those around us and our trust in God can point others to Christ. Our example as a mom is that powerful. Live a life that whets the appetite of your family and friends so that they want and crave to know God more. Let's live a life that makes our faith in Jesus so appealing that, like Ruth, our children want a personal relationship with Him and want to serve Him. Let's try to live a life this year that's so authentic that even when we fail, and fail miserably, our children want what we have and want to devote and dedicate their lives to our God. Okay, so if you keep reading in chapter 1 and the first part of chapter 2, you will notice God does record some of Naomi's negative reactions and words. And let's be honest here, these aren't words of affirmation and encouragement either. Naomi tells Ruth God has dealt harshly with her. And Naomi tells her friends in Bethlehem when she returns home not to call her Naomi, which means sweet, but to call her Mara, which means bitter. Naomi is admitting she's hurt, she's disappointed, she's angry, and she's bitter. Now she's starting to sound a little bit more like me. Or should I say, in this portion of the passage, I'm actually sounding a lot like Naomi. Which brings us to the fourth lesson we can learn from Naomi. And it's an important one. It's always good to be honest with God and with ourselves. When Naomi arrived back home with Ruth, she was greeted by her old friends and family. But I don't think her friends were expecting Naomi's response. In Ruth 1, verses 20 to 21, Naomi says, Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Now, let's be honest here. Naomi was brutally being honest about where she was, where she had been, and where she is now. Y'all, let's get real here. If we want to live the life God has for us in 2021, and we want to live out our God-given purpose this year, we have to get honest about where we are, where we've been, where we are now, and where we're heading. It doesn't matter what your past looks like or what mistakes I have made. Right here, right now is where it starts. You might be beaten, bruised, and broken from 2020. You may not be sure of who you are or if this homeschooling path is God's purpose for you and your family. You might be second-guessing everything right about now. You may be climbing into your 50s and an empty nest like me, or just starting this homeschooling journey, or maybe your family's growing or grieving a loss of a loved one, or maybe you're struggling in your marriage and with your finances. But girl, let me tell you, this is where it needs to start. We need to be like Naomi. We need to get real honest, real quick about where we've been and where we are now. That's where change happens. It's hard. It involves admitting that we may have been wrong. We may need to suffer a little humiliation as we confess to God and to our families that we're struggling and that we need help. But today is the day we need to trash all the lies and feelings the enemy has been trying to feed us and to use against us and do what Naomi did. Get honest and get real. 
Go to God in humility. We need to be honest with ourselves and transparent with our friends and family. We need to pour out our hearts to God, even if some of our feelings are rooted in anger and bitterness. God can take it. God can handle it. I mean, what kind of God would he be if he couldn't? And as a mom, I've had a child come to me on more than one occasion spouting off about how unfair I am or how everything is my fault or I've been bombarded with the teen's constant questioning. But why? Why? But I always know in my heart as they're venting and blaming me that the decision I made was for their own good. Even though they can't see it because of their age or their immaturity or their lack of life experience, I know things are going to work out. They can't see it yet, but I do. So I can put up with that, that's not fair, or why, or you're mean tantrums. And in these moments, I think we get a small glimpse of what God feels and sees when we come to him in anger or frustration or with our doubts. God only has our best interest at heart, and he knows what's best for us. We just can't see it yet. And in a strange way, I'm glad my kids feel comfortable enough coming to me with their honest feelings and their frustrations. I'm glad they trust me enough and they trust our relationship enough to be honest with me. They know no matter what they say, I will still love them. I may not change my mind, but I will still love them and be there for them. I'm glad they chose to vent to me instead of complaining about me to others. Again, in these small moments, I think we get a slight glimpse of what it's like for God, our Heavenly Father. I feel close enough to God to go to Him with my doubts, my anger, and my whys. I trust God to love me and accept me no matter what I say in anger or what I spout off when frustrated. I know that when it's all said and done, if I humbly approach His throne with a contrite heart, He will forgive me of my sins and my foolish talk and my foolish behavior will not be remembered. He will love me while I'm screaming at him. He'll love me while I'm blaming him. He will love me while I'm being honest and transparent. He will love me when I'm all done. And he will comfort me and draw near to me and be present with me while I cry and calm down. He will give me peace that surpasses all understanding. And he will still be my God. In order to make a fresh start in 2020, start by getting honest with yourself and with getting honest with God. God, I've been there. I've done that. I've made some pretty horrendous choices. I certainly won't get the Mother of the Year award. 2020 turned me upside down, inside out, and spit me out. And through it all, I must confess, I was not a great witness in the process. I've been struggling, and I've lost so much. But I'm here. Beaten, bruised, and broken, but ready to start over. I'm ready for a do-over. But one that revolves solely around your plans for my life. It's corny and cheesy, but Lord, I'm ready for Jesus to take the wheel, and for real this time. No backseat driving anymore. I'm ready for a new beginning. Now, Naomi's honesty with herself and with God was part of her fresh start. Not only did her actions and courage to start fresh change her life, but they changed Ruth's life and Boaz's life. They changed David's life, and he wasn't even born yet. They changed our lives, too, because through Ruth and Boaz's family line, the Messiah was born. 
all because Naomi chose to get real and get honest with God and to ask God and to get help from God. When you skip to the end of Ruth, you see God bless Naomi abundantly. She may have lost much while living in Moab, but she received much, much more later in life. Naomi found herself surrounded by family who loved her, a daughter-in-law who adored her, and a precious grandson who would bless her. The last lesson we can learn from Naomi is a powerful one as we move into this 2021 year. We shouldn't focus so much on the negative that we miss seeing the positives. When we focus on the losses and the disappointments, we miss all the blessings that are right in front of us. When Naomi returned home with Ruth, she said in chapter 1, verse 21, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Sadly, this is how Naomi saw her homecoming. Naomi was focused so much on the negative, and she was so bitter about her circumstances that she couldn't see the good and the positive plans God was working on for her and for her Ruth. In reality, Naomi didn't come back empty. She may not have come back with the same things or the same people she left with, but she certainly didn't come back empty. She came back with Ruth, a devoted daughter-in-law. She came back with a friend who would be with her through thick and thin. She came back to a home filled with friends and family who loved her and were glad she was back and who were willing to help her. Because of Ruth and through Ruth, Naomi would eventually be in the line of the Messiah. We learn from Naomi how important it is to take a step back and really see what we have. We learn the importance of focusing on what we have gained this year instead of what we've lost. It's hard to see the whole picture when we're in the midst of grief or depression. And this is where Naomi was, and she couldn't see or appreciate the gift of Ruth right before her eyes. If we want 2021 to truly be a new beginning, we need to make an effort to focus on God's blessings this year and not focus on the losses. I'm sure 2020 wasn't a great year for you and your family. But in hindsight, I bet you can now look back on 2020 and see all the ways God was working in your life and your children's lives. I'm sure you can now see how some of the things you thought were negatives somehow turned into positives. And I bet you can look back on 2020 and see that some of your losses were actually blessings in disguise. In this new year, let's try to focus on the gifts, the blessings, and the positives instead of on the disappointments, losses, and negatives. I know, it's easier said than done. But we also learned from Naomi that after she returned angry and sad, and after she complained and threw a pity party, she picked herself back up in chapter 2 and took her first step to a new beginning. She brushed herself off and she began to actively seize every opportunity God provided. Through Ruth, Boaz, and her community, God provided all she needed and more. At the end of the story, we see in Ruth chapter 4, verses 14 through 15, Naomi getting her fresh start, her new beginning. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Naomi may have lost much, but she gained more. 
Friends, we may have lost much in 2020, but we've gained even more. Our God is a God of second chances. We've been given a gift of a new year and a new beginning for ourselves and our family. In 2021, our year of new beginnings, let's learn from Naomi that it's never too late to turn things around and get back into God's will for our lives. Sometimes we're called to put the needs of others before our own. Our faith in God can change the lives of those around us, and our trust in God can point others to Christ. It's always good to be honest with God and with ourselves, and we shouldn't focus so much on the negatives that we miss seeing the positives. May God richly bless your 2021 homeschooling journey for His honor and glory. May your year be full of fresh starts and new beginnings. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. Don't forget to check out my new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement from God's Word this week, or share it with a homeschooling friend who's in need of a fresh start this 2021. And if you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcast and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschooling mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, and our podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Here's to new beginnings. We're praying for you. Stay healthy, God bless, and see you next week.